Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. So this morning, it's really my incredible privilege to introduce, um, yeah, Tani Karen is going to be sharing, Tani Karen is going to share the word, but Omerki is also here. They are such incredible people. I got to know them when I was still a student in Stellenbosch many, many moons ago. Um, and it was just incredible to see this amazing family of God, just how they, how they lived as a family, um, the things they did. Omerki and Tani Karen have been married for 41 years, which is incredible. Um, especially in today's date. And they've got such an amazing legacy um, that we could even see as students those years. We could see the way they run, run their family, just their children. Um, they've got six children and all of them serve God faithfully, um, really in their own right. Lizzie, you've got a great... I, I'm not, I don't think you've got mom-in-law stories that are horrible. <laughs> so it's really... Um, yeah, it's really... I've always wanted to have them come and minister at our church, and today feels like they've come for a time such as this. It's really the right time, God's perfect timing. Um, on Friday, Tony Corrin was telling us that uh, Omerki is a gynecologist, am I right, Omerki? And um, Tony Corrin used to be, uh, what's it called again, a, a social worker, um, but she also spent a lot of time just raising up her children in a godly way. Um, so they've all, they've been in, you know, in their workplace, really busy. But as they were working in secular jobs, they've always had a heart for, for the kingdom of God and for building the kingdom of God. And she said they, um, and there's so many people that got saved at one time, they actually started a church and they called it Herki Sakerki. So, Herki, I don't know if you want to have your own Kerki too, but... <laughs> But it was just so precious, you know. They've always had a heart for, for God and for serving God, even in their jobs. You know, even what they were doing, they were always serving God and, and just following what God wanted to do. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, okay, let me just finish my sentence. And then um, they were also elders in Stellenbosch, and they were really incredible people with a lot of wisdom that they shared. Um, yeah, and just serving God faithfully. Tani Corrin is, is also, just also had a heart for, for the broken, I think because of where she comes from, just her background, just for people who have been broken and really are on the outskirts of society. Um, and she's working with, from, you know, teaching small kids to be, um, yeah, just assertive against human trafficking and things like that, and also helping women to come out of, who've been in, in the sexual industry, to come out of that industry. So they really come with such a heart for people and a heart for serving people. Um, yeah, and it's just amazing to see that, I mean, Herkin and these are serving faithfully in our church, and I know all your other children are also serving. So you guys are really bringing so much to God and bringing so much to even to our church. And it's amazing for us to have you here. And apparently it's Herkin's birthday today. Omerki, we know that you are father to many and that you really impart so much and we really appreciate you too. So, Tani Corrin, please, you can come forward. Good morning, saints of the Most High God. It's such a joy to be here. And I, I was so, I'm so comfortable with my husband behind the mic. I would have loved to have stayed sitting and for him to go on <laughs> next half an hour. 
But I thank God for the opportunity, and Rochelle, thank you, dear Nanny, for inviting us. You know, we um, have got a long family history with Shofar, and all for our children, um, and this two in, in Pochnau have been um, foundationally blessed to be part of the growing church in Stellenbosch and the growing church here in Joburg and all over. You know, in preparation and preparing for this morning, it was very interesting that um, I would love to talk about family because that's so easy to talk about. But this morning, I just, an incident happened the Wednesday before last. Um, at our drop-in center in Stellenbosch where we work, um, we, it's in the CBD area. We have a security fence around it. And, and then the house is inside. The house is three meters by six. That's the size of our drop-in center, where we do skills development, where we do outreach, and it's a blessed little place. But while doing outreach two Wednesdays ago, we um, were on the streets, and two elderly ladies between the age of 60 and 80 were um, in the drop-in center while we were praying for us and preparing the food and the beverages for the girls we were bringing in. And... Um, a, a man um, jumped the fence, a huge fence, jumped the fence, and um, while these ladies were sitting there, robbed us of all our bags. So he was obviously watching us from outside, and um, we got back, and obviously in a terrible state of shock, and also of guilt and shame, because I felt to myself, we didn't lock the inside door, which we never do, because Sanin is very hot because we've got the security fence, you know, so why should we lock the door there? So I was felt condemned and ashamed and um, incredibly guilty because I had placed two precious elderly women's lives in danger. That's how I felt about it. So there was a lot of stuff I had to work through. There was repentance I had to do towards the Lord for that, to say, Lord, I'm sorry. But in the whole process, you know, this whole situation um, evolved which I'd like to share with you today because the, it's always said that the war has been won by the Lord on the cross of Calvary. Jesus won the war, but we have some battles that we have to fight on earth sometimes. So this was one of the battles that I had to fight and get through. So I would like to talk to you about battlegrounds and battle plans. That's what I felt was um, what the Lord was sharing with me that I want to encourage you with this morning. And the scripture that just came to mind, that, that just absolutely popped into my heart um, as I was having my quiet time was 1 Thessalonians 5. So I just want to go through 1 Thessalonians 5 with you, scripture by scripture, and just share with you more or less what the Lord has said. I'd like to read verse 4 to 9 to you first. Um, I just said, uh, protects our hearts and our thoughts. Um, but you, beloved brothers and sisters, you are not living in the dark, allowing the day to creep up on you like a thief coming to steal. For you are children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night nor to the darkness. That is why we must not fall asleep as the rest do, but keep wide awake and clear-headed. For those who are asleep sleep the night away, and the drunkard gets drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, we must stay alert and clear-headed by placing the breastplate of faith and love over our hearts and the helmet of salvation over our thoughts. For God has not destined us to experience wrath, but to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. 
And you know, as, this, as I was reading the scripture, the, one of the things that just came to heart um, around this whole incident was that we, we, we had become a little bit lackadaisical. You know, when you feel you've got the thing waxed, we're doing outreach, you know, wow, we, uh, we, we're safe, we're surrounded with Jesus, we've got his love in us, we're powerful, we're fearless, you know, and all that. And it's as though the Lord just said to me, Corin, as a Christian, you can never be relaxed and lackadaisical because in a sense, where we're working right now is a war zone. And where, we, where I'm standing every night is I'm standing, it's, it feels to me sometimes like I'm standing at the pit of hell redirecting traffic. So, I mean, this is not a place where you can sit around and leave doors open. This is not a place where you're not awake and alert and vigilant. Yes, we prayed. Yes, we asked the Lord to protect us. But we were becoming casual around certain situations. And you know, it was like the Lord reminded me of that time when the disciples were sleeping in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was in absolute agony and pain. And he wanted them to share that moment with him. And they were sleeping three times. He came back and they were sleeping. And, you know, God just has been making me so aware that he says I must be intentional, vigilant, awake and alert because the devil, our enemy, is walking around like a roaring lion to see who he can devour. So we have an enemy, and I wanted to show a video so badly, but (laughs) it, it wouldn't pick it up. I don't know if you know Superbook. Does anybody know Superbook? Woo woo! Now, Superbook has just brought out a latest version of Revelation. Mensa des Rof. And Onbeskov. You have no idea. It, it portrays the devil as this huge, huge snake with going... <laughs> it's not a thing that children, I would say, under seven must even watch at this stage or without parental. So what I would like to say about this is that uh, we need to be vigilant and awake. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.9, it says we need to be vigilant awake. Satan is, de- and you know, I was just looking at the snake. He's got, he's, he's, he's got this huge fangs and everything. But he hasn't arms and legs because he is defeated and unarmed. What do you say? Huh? Woo! And in Revelation 12, 10, 10 to 12, it says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who relentlessly accused them day and night because of our God has now been defeated. And you know, I realize that the enemy has a big mouth. That's what he has left. And his name is the accuser. And I think this precious lady that brought this word this morning uh, that was talking about salvation and about feeling inadequate and about feeling ashamed, as I felt after that incident. Now, there's a difference between conviction and, 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 and condemnation. We all know it very well. You've been taught it over and over in this church. Conviction is when you say, God, I repent. I left that door open and I placed two women in danger. Forgive me, Lord. I will never do this again. I learned my lesson. That was my part. But condemnation and shame is from the pit of hell. And I refuse that. That is the accuser. And he's been cast out of heaven. But sadly, he's on earth now. And he's angry because he knows his time is short. So we have an enemy. And he's 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 a bit of a liar. And sometimes he does awful things. 
And so I'm going to share with you today how we stand in our warfare. Because our own strength must not in flesh and blood, no. Ten macht and over here, powers in the heavenly realms. And but we must stand. So let's see what the Lord was speaking to us in Revelation 19. We have this beautiful picture of Jesus coming on his white horse. This is all the stuff that you must go and go up my video for you, Lene. It's called Revelation. Super book. Then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about today. This, this, this snake is just about to kill this little guy. And then this army arrives in the heavenlies with Jesus on this white horse. And the armies of heaven are behind him. And he was dressed in, they are dressed in white, but his rope was in blood. But I'd like to say something very important, and that is, is that you are part of God's army. I'm part of God's army. Those, those, the, those hosts of heaven that were dressed in white are you and me. And God says, will you ride with me? Will you ride with the armies of heaven dressed in white? Because you are righteous, blameless, washed in the blood of the Lamb, pure and holy, saint. Saints. That's what God declares us today. So with this army, we are going to... We are, going, we are going to take authority over the works of the enemy. We are going to do stuff which are going to ensure us. But the first thing is that we've got to be awake. You've got to be awake. And your awakeness is some of the, part of the things we're going to be talking about today. The position from which we fight, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 10 to 11, it says, um, He gave us his life for us that we may share in resurrection life, in union with him, whether we awake or asleep on earth or in heaven, because of this, encourage the hearts of your fellow believers, affirmation, and support one another, just as you've already been doing. And I just said in, in, in brackets here, this is truly a reflection of what is going on in this church. And you're speaking the truth in love. And then in 2 Corinthians 10, 8, it says, I received authority to build you up, and not to break you down, for it is the authority to help build you up. And not to tear you down. And isn't this amazing that God says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are there with him. That's our position of warfare. That's our position of authority. There's a beautiful song we always used to sing. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It goes, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. You and I are seated with him. Yes! Woo! How about that? <laughs> that's our position, and that's who we are today. See yourself seated with Christ. You have been resurrected with Him, and you're enjoying that amazing position from which you fight. And when He says go, then you jump on your horse, and you go. Right. I've received authority to build you up and not break you down. And the other thing, it says speaking the truth in love. I'm going to address it a little bit later just now. But you know, often we used to use in each other's lives that I need to speak the truth in love, meaning I've got to reprimand you. But do you know that reprimanding in Christ for me these days has become speaking the truth in love, showing you your true identity. That's the truth that I'm speaking in love. I'm showing you that the things that you're doing that are wrong is not your identity. The truth is, you are a saint saved by grace. The truth is, you are beautiful, you are holy, you are righteous. You are justified just as if I'd never sinned. That's the, that's the position we're in. And when we speak to each other, 
we are imparting that truth in love to each other, to show each other our true identity and our destiny in Christ. You know, the word has just changed for me since I understand grace. So if you really want to know what grace is about, if you really want to be built up in grace, come tonight, because my husband is the grace preacher. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would just absolutely um, encourage you. And that building up, you know, I have authority in your life for one thing, and that is to build you up. How's that sound? In your presence, and when I'm not in your presence, in the company of others who are speaking about you. My authority, that's the only authority I have, that is to build you up. So let's do that, and let's continue doing that, because I know you're doing it, but continue in it. I'm encouraging you to continue in it. I wish I had something that just put my glasses on and off for me, <laughs> without me having to do it. <laughs> In 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13, it says an important thing. I'm just taking you through 1 Corinthians 5, so you can go back and really, Thessalonians, you can do it, go through it again. It says, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you show your deep appreciation for those who cherish you, diligently work as ministers among you, for they are your leaders who care for you, teach you, and stand before the Lord on your behalf. They value you with great love. Because of their service to you, let peace reign among yourselves. The forerunners in this church need to be protected. Generals, we're always covered, surrounded, and sp we're always covered, surrounded, and spoken for. You know, the generals in the army were protected. They were often camouflaged. They were often had to stay back, and the and the and the warriors went ahead to protect the generals because they're the ones who are wise. They're the ones who have to make the decisions. They're the ones who carry the kingdom, as it were. And Rochelle. Rochelle, I always say it's Rochelle, Rochelle, but it's Rochelle and Henny. You know, this couple that God has placed in your midst are the generals in this little army that God has placed, that you have blessed, and you are, um, have to cover, protect, and love upon them. They're the ones that you have, to, um, you have to be vigilant around them. You have to cover them from back, from side, from top, through your prayers in the first place, through your love, through your affirmation, and also speaking the truth in love into their lives and, and the authority to build them up and not to break them down. And I've known them for many years, you know, and I've got great respect and honor for them. You know why? Because they're open and broken. They don't try and be something special and try and have this amazing front for me. Open and broken and so identifiable. In my life, I've been able to say that with Rochelle, I've, it's identifiable. She would come with a baby on her hip and just have the tears streaming down and say, Tony, who come is he there? <laughs> and I'd say, will you worry me? I had four and six and a half years. Yeah, come down there. And I marked it in the you know. I was watching a little son sitting there with his big Bible under his arm, ready to go to children's church, you know. And I thought, what a beautiful environment is that to grow up in. But I just have this feel in my heart. I just want Rochelle to come here. I just want to put my arm around her and pray a prayer of blessing upon her and Henny in his absence with you in agreement this morning. Yes. Yes, Father, we thank you for these beautiful couple, Lord, these generals in, in your army here um, in this area, Father. I thank you, God, for Rochelle and Henny. I thank you, Father, for the blessing of their love for you, for their transparency, for their sincerity, Lord, for their marriage, Father for the love they have for this flock, Father. 
for their lives they've laid down, the sacrifices they've made. Lord, if I think of this daughter and the brilliance with which she was uh, working in the corporate world, God, and how she laid it down and sacrificed it, God, for the ministry of this, com- this congregation and this fellowship and this family. Thank you, Lord, for the shepherding hearts they have. Thank you for the vigilance this daughter of yours has, the awakeness, Lord, the compassion, Father, and the outreach they have, Lord, to Sophia Town and many other peoples around here, God. I thank you that you keep them strong. We bless their marriage, God. We bless them, Lord, to have times of, of uh, we were talking about flirting and dating like yesterday. <laughs> and Father, that their marriage will be beautiful. Thank you, Lord, that Haki and I as a couple can bless them for 440 years to come and more, Father. And Lord, we bless them, Father, as they um, hear from you with the leadership, Lord, to take this beautiful flock forward in sainthood. And so, Father, we thank you for them. We bless them. And Henny, where he's preaching this morning in Stellenbosch, we bless you that he will have a word in season for that church. We pray that you anoint him with your Holy Spirit, with your glory upon him, Father, and that heaven will touch earth, Lord, as he speaks and ministers the word to those people. In Jesus' name, we bless their children, Lord, to be a blessing, to be strong little warriors, sons and daughters in the church with all the other children here. In Jesus' name. And bless that beautiful mom that's sitting there with her blonde, beautiful hair as she supports this family and helps Rochelle and Henny when they need to minister by taking care of their beautiful children. In Jesus' name, amen. Help the weak is the next scripture. It says, we appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, to instruct those who are not in their place of battle. Do you understand that 1 Thessalonians 5 is talking about battles? We're talking about battles all the way here. So this is a very important thing. It says, we appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, to instruct those who are not in their place of battle. Be, uh, be skilled or gently encouraging those who feel themselves inadequate. Be faithful to stand your ground. Stick to the rules, but love and affirm in the process, also with your children. Help the weak to stand again. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that absolutely beautiful? You know, God, you know, it's so amazing that God is so um, in, in, um, into lifting up and helping the weak stand on their feet again, and those who are not in their place of battle. Now, I'm not in my place of battle sometimes, and I need you to build me up and help me up. And you are not in your place of battle sometimes, and you need someone to help you up. So it's like body ministry, you know? It's like family ministry. You know, the most amazing thing happened, um, Mezen, you know Mezen? Some of you know Mezen? I think they're in the other church. Now, we're wanting to start a safe house in, in, in Zanin. We, we began one in Stellenbosch. Some of you know about it. La Brie de Dieu. You will know all about it. <laughs> and um, Neil the Vet was one of our, our um, birthing partners of Stop Trafficking of People. And such a faithful warrior at our side. Him and Philip were the men, <laughs> the young men that went ahead and protected us older folk to the trans guy in many places and he was involved with all these things and uh, I just want to bring honor to you Neil for the many hours of faithfulness towards us God bless you for it and anyway so yeah so we wanted to start with, in Zanin we want to start the safe house now 
and you know it's not happening you know the finances are not coming together then we can't find a place <sighs> so many discouraging things because the enemy is not our friend he's not our friend and he and as i said the girls that are going to be in there are going to be saved redeemed washed in water washed in the blood of the lamb discipled and strong going back home with a skill so i mean it's and they influence a whole neighborhood because they were the prosies on the corner streets so anyway, so Mezen comes to me and she whispers in my ear during worship on, 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 on the other evening. She says, God says, he's going to restore your house and he's going to give you double of what you had. Now, she didn't know what she was saying to me, but I knew exactly what she was talking about. And you know how encouraging that was for me? It was such a blessing. It was such a blessing. Another one of the, the young ladies came with a scripture to me. And the scripture was so powerful yesterday morning, and it had exactly the same word for me that I needed. Do you understand what I mean? We have to learn to prophesy over each other. Take liberty to prophesy over somebody. And sometimes you pray and you think, oh, I can only pray. But you know, your prayer is a prophecy. What I prayed over her today, it's a prophetic word. Whether you pray it, whether you say it, whether you read a scripture, it's warfare. It is vigilant, wakening, speaking into each other's lives and helping the weak. And, um, you know, um, our Vileli girls, I don't want to say too much about them, but one thing God has taught me, and that is, is um, you do not know anybody according to the flesh anymore. In Second Corinthians 5, it says it. We don't know Christ according to the flesh anymore. His spirit. We know each other according to the spirit. You see each other someone the way Jesus sees them. And that's why prophecy is so important. And one of our ones, you know the baptism scene you saw there on the slide? Her name is Peace, but it's actually Percy. But she's one of the biggest fighters, you know? So thank you, says she slip one, that one, and says feisty and going for it. And she's really a, war, a, a, a warring lady because she had to fight for her life every night. You know, when you get into a car, you have no clue that when you get in there, whether you're going to come out dead, maimed, HIV, or pregnant, that's the risk they take every time. they So these girls are strong, hey? They're risk takers. And when they come to know Jesus, they are so beautifully strong. They are powerful. They run with it. I cannot tell you what a joy they are to us. But anyway, just to show you the love of Jesus, I, it's, I cannot believe the love of Jesus that I have in me. It astounds me. It surprises me every time. This is, the, this is who you are. Isn't it amazing? Just go for it. You've got it. So we're there, and I apparently said something to her which offended her. And she was angry. She's quiet, Yvette. So she's angry. So I'm, we're roaming the streets on Wednesday evening, and I see this lonely little figure. We're in the car. We, we, we curb crawl. We curb crawl. And we only get out when it's necessary and when we feel we need to, because sometimes it's a bit dangerous. So anyway, we're curb crawling, and she's just sitting there all on her own, there. So I see her, and I open the window. I say, Peace, are you going to come in? She says, No. And she starts screaming, you know, like the whole neighborhood. You said this about me, and you said that about me. So I get out the car, and within three seconds, five guys arrive out of the darkness sitting there around her. But you know, the darkness wasn't only the night that I experienced at that moment. But I stood in front of her and I said to her, Peace, I love you. 
for what I said or didn't say. I didn't say that didn't say. I'm sorry. I want you to know that nothing that you do and hopefully nothing I do is going to change our relationship and the love that we have here. Please come back tomorrow morning and then we can talk about it. And she said, oh, it's okay, let's do that. And then these guys were sitting there and they were just sitting there looking at me. And I, I usually sing in Tsipedi because I know a few songs and I think that always calms them down and they start joining with me because they're And you know, I started singing and nobody responded. Just looked at me. So I knew they were from a different African country. That's the first thing I know. And I just stood there and I said, is someone hungry? And they just looked at me again. I said, and I said to my partner, just quickly go and fetch that bread there in the car. And we handed them the bread. And then I said, I want to pray for you. And you know, God just came. And he just arrived there. And we prayed for these guys. And we hopped in the car and off we went. And the next, uh, a little while after that, he said to me, she said to me, do you know in what danger were you that moment? I said, no. But I knew that you were more important to me and our relationship than any danger around me because greater is Jesus Christ that is in me than he is in the world. And love conquers everything. And I love you enough to be in a dangerous position, not irresponsibly dangerous, to, to bring you back. And the next morning I said, I'm sorry to her. And she hugged the person who'd actually done the wrong thing. And so relationships are restored. So I just want to say to you, you have that love. You have it. Just love it. <laughs> love it out. Uh, two, de two deadly weapons against the enemy. <laughs> this, this really... <laughs> him. It's baptism in the Holy Spirit and baptism in water. And one of the most important instructions, a gentle encouragement we can give to someone is to assist them in baptism in the Holy Spirit and baptism in water. Absence of these two things really dismantles one's battle position against our angry accuser. And this we all know very well. Now in the, I think, I think it's in, in, in um, uh, Acts, I think it's in Acts 10, where Peter was called, remember when, the, when that um, sheet came out of the heavens and all that um, detestable foodstuffs was there and he didn't want to eat and God said to him, what I declare holy you can my eat. And then he went to Cornelius. And it said Cornelius was a godly, devout man. He loved God. He, 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 he was good to his servants. Everything was right about him. But two things that he didn't know anything about. It was One was the baptism um, of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he knew the baptism of John, I think it was. But he didn't know the baptism in the Holy Spirit either. And while Peter and them were there, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and God baptized them. And they spoke in tongues, it says. And then he said, What can us know? And they went and baptized them. So I want to say to you today, I don't know this church, and I don't know who's sitting here. I don't know whose visitors here or whatever. But I want to say to you, and that is, is that you may be a very devout son and daughter of the Most High God today. You may be born again, as you mentioned. You may be washed in the blood of Jesus. But two weapons against the enemy that you really gives him a boxlaw is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to ask God even to give you the gift of speaking in tongues because that's part of that. It's a prayer language. It's a private prayer language. It's not the public speaking like, you know, the gifts. It's here. It's like you can have it if you desire it. And it's a tongue language. It's beautiful and it's part of your baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the whole of Acts talks about it. 
so you can go and read Acts. It's biblical. The second thing is baptism in water. And why I'm saying that again is if you've never been baptized in water, like Nick doop as a klein kindkie nie, soos ons in die ingekerk was en gedoop is nie. I'm talking about like Jesus when he went in and he was he was um you know, he was the son of God. He what is besnydenis in Engels? Um circumcised that uh, which came in the, the baptism alles and yet he went underwater and humbled himself with John. So what I want to encourage you today and that is I'm I know most of you know what I'm talking about. But if you're sitting here today and you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for you just now. And stand up and just say, yes, that's me. I've been looking for this and desiring for it for a long time. And the second thing is really seriously consider being baptized as soon as possible. And to that you speak to your leadership about. And they baptize regularly. So I just want to say to you, these were the two things we've done with our girls. And there is peace being baptized. Now, the, uh, the morning before Peace was baptized, she was angry at Julia for not giving her the right thread. And she was saying, I'm not going to be baptized. I can't be baptized. I'm such a mess. And you know, as they all t- sat around and testified why they want to be baptized, she stood up in her language and she said why she wanted to be baptized. And the Holy Spirit descended upon us like the day of Pentecost and they were jumping up and down and prophesying to the heavens and crying. I still don't know what she said. But you understand that this is a very important part of your um, walk with God. Right. Joy, worship, and prayer is warfare. Um, verse 16. Let joy be your continual feast. Make your, this is the fashion translation, people. Let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. Be joyful in your house of prayer, and in the midst of everything, always give thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Always have an attitude of gratitude, giving thanks. Nehemiah 8.10, you know it, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Romans 12.12, pray constantly, commune with God at all times. Philippians 4, even give thanks in advance for what he's going to do. And with our... um, Sure. With our um, Vileli theft that night, I went and sat and I just said to the Lord, um, I call forth a recompense here. I call forth a vindication here, God. Because we were doing your work, your way. Yes, I left the door open and yes, I'm sorry about that. It was just like the Lord was just encouraging me. Let's see where I put those scriptures because they're so beautiful. Um, I seem to have lost a page somewhere. Please forgive me. But it was such a powerful thing. Um, Let me just get back to the previous slide, please. I just want to say something so precious here. Um, Talking about uh, uh, to help the weak and... um, I just want to say something, and that is, someone said the other day, such a beautiful thing. He said about prophetic words. He said that um, when you're working in, the, in a workplace, sometimes it's difficult because the people don't always know the Lord. Go back to the Lord and ask him for a word, a prophetic word, over Jan or Sunny or Pete of class who's giving you a hard time. Né? And pray those prophetic words over them. Say those prophetic words over them. And God will start helping you to see them 
as that prophetic word and not as the way they are. Start speaking into their lives in the heavenly realms, even if they're not saved yet. And start encouraging them in, 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 in to be what that prophetic word is. And I thought it's so beautiful. It's so different from, I'm going to resign my job. It's making it impossible for me. I cannot handle this anymore. You know, to change that battle plan and to start prophesying over that person what Jesus says over him, what God planned for him when he was in his mommy's womb. So that was just a beautiful um, thought, which I just loved so, so much. And, um, yes, it's okay. So speaking the truth in love is a very important thing, speaking over each other. But I just, I just wanted to say something so beautiful, but I'll get there just now. Um, he says this attitude of gratitude, the joy of the Lord is your strength, pray constantly. And, you know, take liberty to pray for people. You know, I have, we have this most amazing um, family in love. Lisa Marie's mom and dad. You know, God just blessed us with the most amazing, not in-laws, in-loves. Okay, they're not your in-laws, they're your in-loves. And they have this wonderful, wonderful uh, habit of praying. At, uh, before we, just as we start the evening, not only for grace, but just pray a blessing, speak a blessing. And then when we go home, then we pray again. And you know, immediately it changes the atmosphere and the conversation. And it brings in such a sweetness, suddenly depth of communication and impartation of life happens. So I want to say to you, take the lead. Take the lead in your company. When you're in a bride with friends or in the company of some girls, just Bring it down and just say, girls, let's just pray. Let's just bless God. Let's just thank God. Pray over the phone for somebody. You know, someone's got a problem. Just say, let's quickly pray for you. And get into the habit of praying. It must be like automatic in our lives. And that is something which um, I want to do and want to be like. And giving thanks in advance. What we did um, uh, after that um, robbery I just said to God, God, I want a vindication here. I want a recompense a hundredfold for this theft that happened to us here. And I went to the scriptures, and that's why I can't find this now, but I'll, um, I'll leave the PowerPoint with you so that you can uh, um, and, uh, give the scriptures to, to the loved ones. But, and, and I just said, God, I'm looking for a vindication. So we're driving around this place. We find nothing. We don't find persons. The police eventually came. And... Um, the following morning, I phoned Blackie. I said, Blackie, we need extra security around our, our place. He says, not a problem. I'll organize it. So within one hour, the lemmikis draught was bezig om to word all around this drop-in center of ours. And when I said to him, what do I owe you? He said to me, you don't owe me anything. That was the first recompense and vindication from God. The second vindication was that I became vigilant and awake that I will never keep that door unlocked again, and I'll wait upon God before we go out again to hear what he says and not just be lackadaisical and here we go, the army of God, here we go, to really hear from God what he's saying, how we must do it, and the way we must do it, to wait on him for a word. The third thing that happened was that um, um, two days later, three days later, we get this phone call, all our bags, all our purses, all our credit cards, driver's license, ID documents are lying all over the place in someone's garden. 
retrieved. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand. And you know what? Sometimes, I'm, I'm, I can't wear my tape. No. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes sad things happen. Babies die, you know, that we've prayed for. And things don't come right. And, um, and in that, you can say, God, I call a recompense here. I call a vindication here a hundredfold. And you know, Tessa and Tio, our third daughter, they lost their first little baby. Amika, at 24 weeks, um, she couldn't stay in any longer, and she was too small. And um, it was such a tragedy. We prayed, we prayed, we asked God, and she died. And I said to God, I call forth a recompense and a vindication, Lord, hundredfold for this family, for this that the devil did, because it's not the work of God to kill him. And God gave us Marie Becker, <laughs> the cutest little, most gorgeous little, feisty, precious, loving daughter that her mommy loved her so much that she took her to the hospital and said, please find a home for my child. I cannot raise her. Do you understand what God wants to do for you this morning? That in the loss of a loved one, in the loss of stuff which was stolen from you, in the loss of stuff, in that you can say, right, God, now I ask of you, in Jesus' name, my inheritance, hundredfold. Because God says, it's not on a person. The last thing I'm asking God is the salvation of that thief. That when he's caught, we can lead him to Jesus, hopefully in prison, because he's got a record around that place. That your vindication is from God. Your recompense is for God. The wrath is God's. He deals with the enemy. And the vindication and, and the revenge is not upon a person. It's upon the enemy. The one which you're going to be watching in Revelation of Superbook. Okay? That is the guy who's our enemy. And that's the one we hate with, with, with vengeance. But not a person. A person's ultimate um, a vindication is their salvation. Right? That's what I wanted to share with you, which was very important for me. Right. So thank, giving thanks. Uh, worship is warfare. Thanks is warfare. And that, the Bible says, is God's perfect plan for you. It says here, um, joy, worship, and prayer. It says here, um, in the midst of everything, be thankful for this is God's perfect plan for you. God's perfect plan for you is to be joyful, to be prayerful, to be thankful. That is his perfect plan. If you want to ask God today, how can I walk in your perfect plan for my life? God says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be prayerful always and be thankful. These three things and attitude of gratitude are going to keep you daily in the perfect will of God. How about that? Does need to look me? Huh? That's not too hard. Right. Uh, here we, we, we're coming down for a landing here. <laughs> Sorry I'm so long. Rest an amazing weapon of warfare. Let's read verse 23. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept completely flawless 
in the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Set you apart is the word that I want to concentrate on. Now may the God of peace who sets you apart. How does my spirit and my soul and my body get restored daily when I get set apart with God in the secret place of the Most High before I leave for work? You know, I raised four children in six and a half years by God's grace and with much help. I, have an, I had a very busy husband who was awake early in the mornings and coming home late at night. But I couldn't neglect running to God in the mornings before anyone woke up on my knees and saying, God, if you don't fill me this morning, deal with me this morning. My attitude is nilakami. I'm angry. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm feeling actually quite depressed. Please change my heart. Change me. And in that place of rest, God daily picks us up and he restores us. So, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. The word of God is in your heart. The word of God is with you. I know we're all electronically minded these days and have our little computers. But you know, have a Bible in your hand. A hard copy in your hand is a beautiful thing. And if you can have your Bible in your hand, you know, things in your Bible you read, what you read, what you wrote a few years ago, what happened here, things you underlined, beautiful memories, the Word of God, is such a precious thing. I, li I like to read from the Bible. We've left you with a Bible reading calendar, I think, today. I'm not sure um, if it was done or if you... <laughs> yeah. The, the word is full and the computer is full of Bible reading calendars, but this Bible reading calendar we've had for at least 25 years, which is such a valuable tool which you can just put in your Bible. These are the tools that Haki and I have been using forever. Journal and, journal and Bible handle old school. Journal is fine on the computer. Many people journal there. But if you have a book that you write things in, you know, it's like a memoir. It's like a book you're writing. It's like something close to your heart. Sometimes you can draw pictures if you're creative. That, that are the three tools that I have, which I use every day. You don't have to if you're technologically forward, not dying, but that's something which I just found to share with you. Place in your space where you set yourself apart. Not all of us have a place in our space where we can set ourselves apart. But if it's possible, have a place where your Bible is open. Have a place where you know... This is this our Akmeriyaritat spandeer in the ochende, and make it a sanctuary and a place. Communion often with Jesus, sitting there just reminding myself of who He is and what He's done for me, renewing my first love, renewing my first love, renewing my first love, renewing my first love. That's what happens in the morning early with God. Then everything falls into place. You've got the mind of Christ. You're vigilant. You're awake. You're walking. With the lion of Judah and the lamb. You're the lamb and the lion. And then you're strong in Christ. And you can actually fight any battle and deal with any situation because your fresh manna, fresh water, streams of living water have gone through your innermost being. And Jesus, rock in your heart, in your chies. Your battle beat, where are you right now? Bloom where you planted. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and thoroughly complete. And will thoroughly complete his work in you. He has equipped you thoroughly for every good work. He has called you. Prayer and prophecy over each other. Salvation. Okay, what I would like to say and end with today, which is very important, and that is, is that we landed ourselves on the mountain in a very remote area. 
And I remember standing on the grass and saying to God, Oh, Father, how, where's my mission field here? How am I going to minister to people here? How, what are we going to do? You know, because you've got to bloom where you planted. And at that very moment, I heard a noise down there. And I thought, what's that? And as I walked down the hill and around the corner, I found a compound. And the, the farm laborers that pick the kiwis and the horse farm laborers live in that compound. And I said, mm, okay, Lord, <laughs> you've shown me the mission field here. And within um, a few months, Haki had arranged um, a pastor to come and preach there every month. We'd cook for them food and rice. And out of that, many came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And also Lucy and Rufus, that we refer to our gardener, and his wife, they got to know Jesus there. He was a drunk. And they got baptized in a little bath there in the, in the shed. And they um, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they are walking with God today. They are walking with God today. I am in submission to my gardener. If my gardener says to me, Ma'am, you mustn't phone Maria the same day if you don't want her to come and work. You must phone her the previous day because she's on her way already. Do you understand? I said, Yes, Rufus, I understand. Thanks. Because he's a son of God and he knows the Lord. So what I want to say to you in that is, where you are right now is your mission field. Yes, we go to foreign mission fields. It's cool. It's great. And it builds us in the most amazing teamwork. But where you are now, is your mission field. The people who clean your house, the people who live next door, the people who are here, the people who are there, they're your mission field. And you've been placed right in that position. So I just wanted to say that, and um, God has equipped you thoroughly for every good work to which he's called you. And your battlefield and your battle place is around and about you, and he who called you will thoroughly complete the work that he started in you. And I just felt this morning, you know, that um, as we um, end today, I just want to say that I've said quite a few things. I've said that you need to be, those who haven't been, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, those to be baptized in water. Some of you here today feel you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Some of you need um, an encouragement. All of us need an encouragement. So today I just said to Rochelle, I feel to say to you, we're going to stand... And we're just going to turn to each other um, in ones or twos or threes or go to someone right there. But God is going to give you a word for somebody right now to pray for them. And if there's somebody who feels they need um, to give their life to Jesus, you can just put up your hand and come and chat to us and give us an indication. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, just, just give us an indication and just come forward and say, that's me. Okay. If you want to be baptized in water, come and chat with uh, Rochelle afterwards. If you feel you need to be prayed for for baptism in the Holy Spirit, there are many people in this audience right now who have got that gift and who would love to pray for you. So just let's all just stand, and I'm just going to pray for us quickly. And then I want you to turn to each other for the next 20 minutes at least. Not go and drink tea and coffee and kair. Move this is a sacred moment, and this is a moment with God. He's going to give you a word for somebody, and if he hasn't, just touch somebody and pray for them, for each other, and preferably not someone you know. Okay. 
So jy moet nou iemand soek wat jy nie ken nie. And if you're new to this church and it's the first time you're here today, just stand your ground. You don't have to do anything. Someone is going to come to you. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is present here in this moment. I thank you, Father, for the amazing grace which you lavish upon us through 1 Thessalonians 5 today to teach us and train us in battle. Thank you, Father, for every saint saved by grace here today with a prophetic word on their tongue and on their lips, with the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts, God, with a calling who, through whom you will complete the good work you started in them. Thank you that we have a mission field around us. Thank you that we have the mind and the eyes and the, and, and the thoughts of Christ towards the lost, the broken, the enemy, the ones who are doing bad things to us. Thank you, Lord, recompense us hundredfold that we can call forth a recompense towards the enemy from your side God for the things stolen from us in Jesus name with an expectancy thank you that we've been released to be joyful prayerful and thankful God that this is the will of God for us daily and so father thank you that we've received authority Lord to build each other up and not break each other down when we speak the truth in love we are speaking life hope um, a destiny into each other's hearts. Thank you that we're kind to each other, that we're kind to our marriage partners, that we're kind to our loved ones, that we have a speaking to them. The, the, the truth in love is building them up, giving them hope in every situation in which they live. Thank you that the kindness and the love of Jesus is su- going to surprise us when we open our mouths in the Spirit Um, in Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we disperse to each other right now, I pray, Father, that you release the prophetic, that you release words of encouragement, that you release hope, that you release joy, that you release, Lord, baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus, because you're the one that baptizes. And we honor you and we thank you for this. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.jarberg.